Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. On our fantastic, fantastic, we need your help. Are you a teacher? Do you know a teacher? We need teachers to join the new Teachers Marketplace at I Love to Teach 101.com. Teachers, do you have a worksheet or two that could you could smarten and sell? Teachers, do you have a super activity that you could record on your phone and sell? We let you keep 90% of the sales if you sign up as a pro vendor. We give away a significant part of our revenue to teachers in need. We help teachers in need who live in low economic countries. If you join this month, you could win $500 in cash by the end of February. All you have to do is join and earn credits to win. They're going to be having a cash bonus each and every month. Come check them out today at I love to teach 101.com. That's the letter I L O B E T O T E A C H 1 01.com and that's the number one the number zero and the number one dot com and tell them you heard about it here transmedia worldwide great new marketing partner with us today at transmedia worldwide what i will can dot com jumpstart your life with this powerful new book what i will i can become the success you were meant to be over there at what i will i can Dot com. It's absolutely amazing at what I will I can dot com. Check it out today at W H A T I W I L L I C A N dot com. And tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. One more time. What I will I can dot com. When you're looking for today's best advertising, there's just one place to go, LEDsigns.com. We get you customers, guaranteed. Rent a portable LED sign delivered to your destination for about $33 a day or rent to own it. Advertising. LEDsignswithaz.com. Today at 800-955-0505 and get a complete advertising package deal. That's LEDsignswithaz.com. Fill out the form and mention in the comments that Bill Anderson sent you. LEDsigns.com. It's advertising done right. Roger is being introduced to all private jet owners. And those who would like to buy one or a dozen, we have them all. Visit our website, www.foxfunds.website. We also help you with funds to buy any equipment. You dream it, we bring home the dream. Visit www.foxfunds.website. Jet or equipment, we have funds for you, your friends and family. www.foxfunds.website. Roger is thankful to those who are pragmatic dreamers. www.foxfunds.website Fox Funds meets pin to playing.
this at JiggyJaguar.com. That's right. We're firing up on iTunes. Also, AMFM247.com. Tune in. iTunes. Talk America Live each and every week on TalkShoe.com. Check us out each and every day on our app, JiggyJaguar.us. JiggyJaguar.com. That is the best spot for everything. Jigman Freud. You can get a hold of us online, JiggyJaguar.com. Download the app at both the app stores, iPod, Google Play, all that. And before we get into our next segment here on our world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast segment number three, we've got a fantastic, fantastic segment coming up. Before we do that, let's tell you about our next marketing partner, StudyHelp247.com. These folks, absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Check out StudyHelp247.com. If you need help getting study help, you need to go to studyhelp247.com. These folks are making it easy. They are just getting everybody engaged. You can go over to studyhelp247.com. Let's talk to you a little bit about these folks. They have full U.S. experts for instant study help 24-7. Students pay no commissions. And you can post a question. You can buy uh, tutor gigs. It's verified tutors. It's timely delivery. It's affordable. No intermediary, no in, you know, because there's a lot of people that are into that. We're, we're not into that here at Study Help 247. Quality work, plagiarism-free, 100% private. It's site jabber verified. You can go over to studyhelp247.com. Check them out today. They have a section on how you can, how it works exactly. Because we get a lot of questions from folks. We've been talking about study, studyhelp247.com for a while. People are like, well, how does this work? Well, go over and check out studyhelp247.com. We'll spell it for you. S-T-U-D-Y-H-E-L-P-247.com. That's studyhelp, the number two, the number four, and the number seven.com. And tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. Okay, we are patiently waiting on our next guest, Victor Davis Hansen, to join us today here on our broadcast. He's the author of the brand new book, The Case for Trump. VDH is a senior fellow in military history at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University and a professor emeritus of classics at California State University at Fresno. We are waiting on him to give us a call here on our studio line, and then we are going to uh, connect him in with Dan Perkins and IQ our Rizzoli today here on our program. But uh, just patiently waiting on Victor Davis Hanson to give us a call here. His new book is out everywhere, and uh, he's an award-winning historian and regular Fox contributor to the true story about Donald Trump. Has become one of the most successful presidents in history, and why America needs him now more than ever. We are going to go to Dan Perkins, who is uh, going to join us here in just a few moments. And uh, Basically, we're just waiting on Victor Davis Hanson to give us a call here. Okay, well, Dan is unavailable as well. Maybe Dan and Victor Davis Hanson are somewhere talking. <laughs> They're not talking to me. I don't know. But uh, get a hold of us online, jiggychegwire.com, J-I-G-G-Y-J-E-G-U-A-R.com. 
com for more information. And uh, we've got our lines clear, so I don't know where Victor Davis Hanson is. Uh, he was scheduled to call us today, March 26th. Yes, at 5 Eastern, 4 Central, which is right now. Supposed to call us on our studio line. And we're nowhere to be found with Victor Davis Hansen. So, I guess what we'll do is we'll just take another break, I guess. And uh, hopefully we've got Victor Davis Hansen going to call us here in just a few moments. So we will take a commercial break. When we come back, we have got more coming up. It is our world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast back here in a few moments. Great new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide, whatiwillcan.com. Jumpstart your life with this powerful new book, What I Will, I Can. Become the success you were meant to be. Over there at whatiwillican.com. It's absolutely amazing at whatiwillican.com. Check it out today at W-H-A-T-I-W-I-L-L-I-C-A-N.com. And tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. One more time. Whatiwillican.com. When you're looking for today's best advertising, there's just one place to go, LEDsigns.com. We get you customers, guaranteed. Rent a portable LED sign delivered to your destination for about $33 a day or rent to own it. Advertise your business, service, or products all day, every day. That's LEDsignswithaz.com. Give us a call today at 800-955-0505 and get a complete advertising package deal. That's LEDsignswithaz.com. With a Z.com. Fill out the form and mention in the comments that Bill Anderson sent you. LEDsigns.com. It's advertising done right. On our fantastic, fantastic app, 50 plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. We have got our next guest coming up here in a few moments. We will talk to Omar Quadrat and uh, Al Rizzoli. And, of course, our good friend Dan Perkins here in just a few moments. But we want to tell you about one of our great new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. We need your help. Are you a teacher? Do you know a teacher? We need teachers to join the new Teachers Marketplace at ILoveToTeach101.com. Teachers, do you have a worksheet or two that could you could... Okay, we found Victor Davis Hansen, and we are going to call him on Skype. And then we are going to pull him in here for our conversation with Mr. Dan Perkins and IQ Al Rizzoli. So, uh, okay, Victor, can you hear me, my friend? Yes, I can. Okay, let me grab our co-host here, Dan Perkins, and we will, uh, we'll get him in here with us as well. And, uh, 
We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on Skype Audio. He is fantastic. Victor Davis Hanson is with us here on our broadcast. He's the author of a brand new book, The Case for Trump, and uh, the book is doing phenomenal. And uh, we've also got Dan Perkins with us today. Dan, uh, can you hear me, my friend? I can. Yes. Okay, good stuff. Now, um, now, Victor, um, tell us a little bit about this book, and then I know Dan's got some questions for you. But first of all, tell us about the book here. Well, I, most books in the genre of Trump candidate and presidency were either arguing that he was a saint or a sinner, and I tried to just analyze what we knew about him from the historical record since he ran, what his presidency had done in the first two years why people didn't like him, what was the prognosis for 2020, and stay away from the inside Washington group and the, the political stuff and just analyze it. And so I came to the conclusion he had a pretty crafty, brilliant uh, wrinkle to the traditional Republican message, and that picked up the states that he needed to pick up. In fact, anybody needs to pick up in today's electoral college, and he shocked the other very qualified 16 candidates that were unaware of the value of talking about China and trade and borders and optional wars abroad. And then, lo and behold, his deregulation, traditional Republican tax uh, cuts, traditional Republican judicial nominees, at least better than traditional, uh, and the tax reductions, the deregulation, the energy production. But then he did have this this idea that the interior of the United States is not over with. China is not fated to rule the world. We don't have to be the policemen and intervene everywhere when it's not to our advantage. And then there was Trump, the messenger, and Trump's message was, I'm not going to play by the Romney and McCain, Marcus of Queensbury rules. I don't want to lose nobly. I want to win ugly if I have to. And that, at this particular time, appealed to people who felt that John McCain and Mitt Romney had not waged campaigns that, that reflected their own interests. And then there was a sense that the Republican establishment really didn't care whether they won or lost because they were in an economic and cultural position that didn't really matter, whereas it did matter to people who were out of a job or didn't like the direction the country was going. So there was a new message and there was a new messenger, and together both were tailored to the electoral college states that were going to play a key role. Now, Dan, uh, you you have been a follower of uh, Victor Davis Hanson here, and, and you've read the book. Uh, I know you've got some questions for him. Yes, sir. Uh, first of all, it's, it's an honor to meet you and to talk with you. Um, I know we've got a short period of time, so I have to figure out what, what is the most important thing. Let me say, I thoroughly enjoyed the book. I I thought it was just magnificent of you in the dedication to the deplorables. Uh, I just I just looked read that and said, wow, what a great acknowledgement to to the reality of, of his campaign. It was the deplorables who made the difference. Um, the other thing you inspired me. I, I write, uh, Dr. Hanson. I write for about fifteen different blogs, and you inspired me with your book to. Dig deeper into an issue that I just wanted to raise with you. Um, I wrote a piece on the role of the deep state in not protecting the president of the United States. If you look at the federal yes. statutes, even to threaten the president of the United States is a felony and fine of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in imprisonment. And I, I, I chronicled all the 
individuals who threatened the family of the president or the president and apparently gotten were no re repercussions. And I no, there weren't. There weren't. There weren't. I think there it weren't. was the deep state. Think, yeah, I think that the the idea was that when you have a president at forty two percent popularity and has been the object of a ninety percent negative press, it brings people out of the woodwork who feel there's no deterrent to what they're going to say or do. In other words, there's no consequences. So uh -huh. if Peter Fonda says he wants to put the president's family in a cage or David Crosby says he wishes they would burn up, he knows that they're not going to be put on a no-fly list. When Obama was president, there was this, remember there was a Missouri state clown and had put on an Obama mask. He was banned for life from the Missouri uh -huh. State Fair. Right. So there, there was a climate there that people felt Trump, has no contacts, he has no military experience, no political experience, he's offended the hierarchy of both parties, there's no downside. And that that was not just at the, the Hollywood and the media level, but it brought people out of the woodwork like James Comey and Andrew McCabe and James Baker and Rebecca and Strzok and Page and Clapper and Brennan and Loretta Lynch and boy, Sally Yates, and the whole, you know, 20 or 30 of these people said, you know, if I leak classified memos or I unmask people and leak to the press that were surveilled or I dilute a FISA court or whatever it was, or I hire a foreign national to interfere in a U.S. election, there won't be consequences. In fact, because Hillary's going to win and Trump is so hated by the establishment, I will be rewarded. So these people went on that rationale, and then all of a sudden the deplorables disappointed them and voted for him. And then when they came, he came into office, they said, uh-oh, two things. Let's use this anti-Trump dossier and this hysteria and channel it from Hillary's going to win the election to abort the, the, the Trump presidency and protect our own legal exposure to prevent, I mean, they were exposed legally, but, or we didn't hear about the Steele dossier being illegal to get a foreign national into a campaign or all these violations and obstructions that had occurred. Instead, it was collusion, 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 Steele dossier, Steele dossier, and then the Moments Clause, 25th Amendment, uh, Electoral College shouldn't vote the way you're supposed to, voting machines, Andrew McCabe is a, you know, and Rosenstein, a palace coup, Logan Act. And that that's was, in a weird way, a preventive defense. Now that that's all blown over because collusion was the glue that held it all together, and now that's discredited, I think all of these people are thinking, wow, not only were we not rewarded for trying to help Hillary because she's lost, and not only did we not take him out like we thought we would, but in the process of doing both, we have done some things that might open us up to them felony accusations and let's hope that's true do you think uh, professor do you think that between Barr and uh lindsey uh that we will really take a real hard look at the clinton foundation and the emails and the corruption in the clinton administration yeah i don't know about that because she's so insulated but i would say that people are human and they put their fingers in the wind and the momentum has shifted now so Somebody like Rod Rosenstein will make the necessary adjustments. He already has. He's gone from a Clinton-Obama partisan to signing off with Barr about no obstruction. Uh, somebody in the bar, the attorneys in the 
bar uh, attorney's office, the special, Michael Horowitz, the, the IG, uh, Mr. Uber, who's looking at things outside of Washington, all of them are going to say, wow, not only is there no collusion and Mueller's done for, but if I come out with a pretty tough indictment, the climate is such that maybe the media won't have any credibility attacking me, just like they've been discredited by supporting Mueller. So I think it, it shifts the atmospherics and it gives Trump and the administration a better chance of calling these people, especially the most egregious like Clapper and Brennan, uh, Comey. We know Comey's lied under oath. We know that he's leaked a cl- one classified document. We know he diluted a FISA court. McCabe has lied three times, according to the, I think we'll get four or five of those people, but I'm not sure that they can go after Huma Abedin and Cheryl Mills for lying, although they did. I don't know if destroying the emails will will do it or not. I hope they do, but why do you, why do uh, I think, you think at least you can, drag, you, can, you can drag it out until the 2020 to the way Mueller tried to do against Trump. Right. Why, why do you think they won't go after Hillary? Yeah, she's so insidious and she's been around so long and she has so many allies. And I don't I don't mean overt political allies. I mean, judges that have been appointed, people she served with in the State Department. They're everywhere and they're deeply embedded among attorneys. And so to get her and say, you know what, she broke the law on the emails she suborned por- perjury with Cheryl Mills and Huma Abedin claiming they didn't know about the server. She was de- knee deep as chairman of this committee that approved the Uranium One. Uh, she wrote her husband about this. There's everything there. That would mean that all these people that are all over the deep state are going to have to come forward and say, you know what? There's so much pressure on me. I'm going to cut Hillary loose. Maybe it can happen. I hope so. But. Well, they have to build up the pressure and change the atmospherics and the media climate so these people come out of the woodwork and think, now she's wounded, I'm going to abandon her. But right now they're afraid that they owe her or they're friendly or she can pay them back or so, who knows. And that's what happened to Trump with the Mueller investigation. Ryan and the rhinos in the House thought, you know what, Mueller's going to take him down, so why should I risk any exposure by passing Obamacare or working with him on the border and now that that's all over with it it works in reverse like oh wow never trump is bankrupt that group uh there's no paul ryan rhinos Mueller is about i want to join the trump bandwagon that's the way politics works right do you think that uh would you expect to see a change in the favorability rating of the president after these announcements over the weekend in the polling data you know, I, I do. I think it's going to take a while because he had a bad week uh, when he, I think he didn't really need to get into the George Conway. That guy's an irrelevant, creepy guy that has no value. And John McCain, I agree, has done a lot of bad things to Trump, but because he's recently deceased, that was a, that was a tweet, uh, a series of tweets that will not gain him one vote. You know, his base is with him on that, but he wasn't going to win one swing vote. So he went down. Rasmussen had him going from 50 down to 45 in just four days. But now, if he gets out, if he stays away from that stuff and just lets the natural news events, I mean, there's a lot of things that people are outraged about. The Jesse Smollett, the Southern Poverty Law Center, the emission scandal, the Mueller, the media corruption, juxtaposed to a strong economy, a good foreign policy, 
he's got a pretty good trajectory. And I think you're going to see a radical up. I think he's going to go from 43 all the way up to 48, 49 in some of these major polls, mm-hmm. maybe 50, in, like The Economist or Reuters. And that would be quite stunning because, as we know, those traditional establishment polls usually underestimate his real strength by two to three points right. at least. Do you think that the, speaking of Jesse today and this whole bizarre thing, is this another example of privilege? Yeah, I think it is. I think most people realize that it's not race in this country. It's a progressive class. That is the progressive wealthy profile, whether it's conning your way into Harvard or Stanford with your child or whether it's Jesse Smollett or whether it's this con down there in you know, the Southern Poverty Law Center, which was basically a Ponzi scheme under the, the umbrella of peddling hate. If you say you're progressive and you've got the right credentials and you virtue signal, then you get exemptions. That's why people do it. I, I'm speaking as a creature of the university where I can tell you that off the record, a lot of people that I know are tired of this, but when I see them in meetings or I see them speaking, they're loudly progressive. And as one, I mean, they will tell you off the record, you have to do it. It's like, you know, this is insurance. If I get in trouble, they're going to go easy on me. It's like being a member of the party in the Soviet Union and it's waning days. Nobody believed in it, but they felt that it was a good career indemnity. And I think that's what progressivism among the elite is. It's sort of you know, it's like a union card or something. They they all do it. And if Jesse Jesse Smollett had been a Bill Cosby black conservative, he would have been that would have been the end of him. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows that. Southern yeah. Poverty Law Center had been a conservative organization. They would be hounded and be bankrupt, and nobody would want to give a dime to them. Mm-hmm. And if if the right had done this, if there was a conservative Mueller and he had all conservatives and donors to the Trump campaign and people who com- who communicated over their devices saying they hated, uh, you know, Trump, I mean, uh, Hillary, and they were investigating now Hillary, and they did what Mueller did, there would be absolute outrage. Everybody knows that. And so I think people have too high an opinion of uh, virtuous progressives. They're, they're not. They're just a, it's a kind of a crass political move. It's about yeah. power. And they feel they own the media, the universities, Hollywood, entertainment, sports, and popular culture. And they feel they can. it's a wise move to join them. Do you think it's this movement of anti-Semitism that's now being associated with some in the Democratic Party, especially the the, the new Muslim leader yeah, from Minneapolis? Absolutely. Is that, yeah, absolutely. That yeah, yeah, because, I mean, Israel is only one of the 193 nations, and they don't go after Chinese treatment of Muslims or Saudi treatment of women or Iranian treatment of homosexuals. It's always Israel, Israel, Israel. And why is that? Because it's a Jewish state. And the reason that they haven't been able to ostracize them or shame them, Tlaib and Omar and Ocasio-Cortez, is because Pelosi and Schumer know that at least half their party would agree with them and not Pelosi and Schumer. In other words, if they said you're anti-Semitic, their base would say, "So what? I don't like Jews. I'm not. I'm not ashamed to say so." And, and that's what they're afraid of, mm-hmm. because it's true. The progressive movement hates Israel. It hates, and they consider Jewish people very wealthy white people who believe in Western civilization and are very successful. So they don't like successful people. They don't like 
the white male profile. They don't like, and they have elements of anti-Semitism to it. So that's the big, on. I mean, when you have Farrakhan leading a woman's march or Obama had posed with a picture with Farrakhan or Reverend Wright saying, I can't talk to Obama anymore. Dim Jews won't let me or Jesse Jackson or Representative Hank Johnson saying that Jews are termites on the West Bank. I don't have to keep going, but you can see that they have a toxic anti-Semitic base and they're afraid that it might be 50% and if they get in a war with Omar, she wants to get in a war with Pelosi. Pelosi would probably lose. I mean, if you look at the polls, it's almost 50% of Democrats don't like Israel. And they're yeah, not courageous and I, enough. The poster should should say, do you like Jews? And if they ask that, I, would, I don't think they would, they'd want to pose that question because I think 50% of the Democratic Party would say no. Yeah. I, it's interesting you mentioned the the, the, the three ladies. Um, they, uh, I, 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 in a couple of interviews I did recently, I said, <clears throat> if you look at, look at how quickly Nancy Pelosi went from the high water mark to the lower end yeah, in her, in her new Christmas Eve meeting with Donald Trump and, and Pence, she was on a high. She was going to be speaker. They got control of the house. She was not going to get Trump his money. And, uh, Literally, after, within six weeks after she received the, the, she was made the Speaker of the House. She lost control of the party, and and the these these three women, uh, freshman congressmen, <clears throat> bigoted as they are, uh, have intimidated her and intimidated the mainstream Democratic Party, yeah. which has moved the party even further left. Which leads to the question. What is the outcome of who's going to be the nominee? Is it going to be Uncle Joe, or is it going to be one well, of Well, I mean, nominees? it depends. In theory, we all know if they were smart, they would they would nominate a reckless guy like Joe Biden, because at least he has a history of triangulating these centrists. But they're in a revolutionary 1972-1984 democratic cycle. So even if they don't, if they did nominate Biden, he's going to have to endorse through the debates for the convention these Reparations, infanticide, green deal, wealth tax, abolish Medicare, ninety um, percent income tax, open board, all that stuff, and none of them poll fifty-one percent. So I, I believe I believe the Democrats are setting themselves up for a Walter Mondale moment. Yeah, I do too. I, I do. I think everybody does. It just it's Trump's historically it's Trump's election to lose. I mean, he's right where Obama. By popularity and midterm success, right where Obama and Clinton were at mm-hmm. this time in their presidencies, they both had really easy wins for re-election. Economy's strong. There's no scandal. There's no unpopular war. He's got uh, Mueller off his back. He's getting better at what he does. Pompeo and uh, Bolton are much more in sync with him. It's just his election. to win. He can easily win this election if he just keeps his calm and continues to point to his successes and, and curbs a little bit of the unnecessary. They bait him and he goes after the McCain family or Conway. Just forgets that. And he'll right. get up to 50, 55%. Any case, yeah. that's, I, pre- I appreciate you guys interviewing me. And uh, I'm going to have to, I have an appointment. So well, I, understand. I hope that's okay. Uh, I'm just going to say goodbye but, to you because I know you, stay, you stayed longer than you should. Yes. And we, it was we, a yeah. We appreciate you making time for us today. I know you've been very busy with the book and everything, but uh, thanks for coming on today. 
thank you for having me. Appreciate it, Thank my you. friend. There he goes, Victor Davis Hansen, and uh, his brand new book, "The Case for Trump," is out everywhere. Um, IQ, uh, listening to that interview there with Dan and uh, and and Victor Davis Hansen, what, what, what did you take away from everything? Well, I usually read his articles, so I know more about him than you, you, you may think. I wanted to ask him about this anti-Semitism. I mean, I've discussed this with you guys before many times. There never was anti-Semitism anywhere in recorded history prior to the use of the word uh, by a German in 1860. It is anti-Jewish. Now, I, I explain it to you in very simple terms. Ilhan Omar is a Muslim. Muslim means a female Muslim. She follows the Quran. The Quran is not anti-Semitic. The Quran is 100% anti-Jewish. But it's not only anti-Jewish, although the Jews are uh, an important part. 106 verses in the Quran attacks non-Muslims called infidels. And that includes Jews, Christians, sorry, yeah, Jews, Christians, Buddhists, Hindus, politicians, anybody not a Muslim. Ilhan Omar is an anti-Jew. Because Arabs are Semitic. She's not anti-Arab. Nobody is anti-Arab in Europe. They hate Jews. So why is this word anti-Semitism creeping in? It doesn't exist. It never existed. Hitler was never anti-Semitic. Why? The Mufti of Jerusalem, who is an Arab, a Semite, and the Arabs who are Semites, supported Hitler. He raised divisions, Muslim divisions, to fight the Russians. So where is the anti-Semitism part? This should be expunged from the language. Say it the way it is, anti-Jew. Fleb is anti-Jew. The Quran is anti-Jew. Every Muslim is an anti-Jew, but it's not only anti-Jews. Islam is anti-every human being who is not a Muslim. They speak about Islamophobia. An oxymoron, but every Muslim is an infidel ophobia. That means they hate every human being who is a Muslim. Do I, I mean, do I make sense to you guys? Dan, uh, your take on this, my friend. I get it, but uh, Dan, yeah. what, what do you make of this? I, I I need, as I, I think I told you, I've got a. I'm already late to leave, but I, I want to answer. I want to respond to IQ and then. Uh, I, I have to go because I've got a charity event that I've got to go chair. Um, but um, I agree. It, 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 we beat this horse to, hopefully to death, but apparently not, is that if you, if you are not a Muslim, you are an infidel. And if you are an infidel, you either have to convert to the Muslim religion or you have to die. Whether you're Jewish, Catholic, Irish, doesn't make any difference. You're all infidels and 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 their reaction and the way they treat people as infidels is is known and i i i i just think this 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 that these three people these three women um create an opportunity uh or discord whatever the right term is to 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 destroy the democratic party and and i think they're basically kind of Indicated that that the that the radical left is uh, putting the 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 Democratic Party at, at great risk, and it's a seventy two eighty four type cycle. And 
I think that's possible. Um, but I, I have to run. Uh, not a problem. Not not a problem. Yeah. Me and IQ will continue on. Good luck at your charity event. We'll talk to you later, Dan. Can you send me a link sometime tonight uh, of how I can get that interview with Fisher? Yes, I will upload it and uh, get it to you as uh, quick as possible. Thank you so much. Take care, Thank IQ. Thank you, my friend. Bye. Thanks. Have a good day. Now, um, as we continue on here with IQ Al-Rizzoli here on our uh, big broadcast here, um, IQ, well, what was what was your take on the uh, the release of the, the Mueller report after all this time, all this craziness? Uh, there, was, there was all these people thinking that this was going to be the, the downfall of Trump. Uh, what, what do you make of all this, IQ? I celebrated. You're big enough. That's, okay. So th- right. this will work. Okay. I think, I think no. Dan hasn't turned his phone <laughs> off. He's still with us. But IQ, go ahead. Not a problem. Not a problem. IQ, go 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 ahead and, and keep telling us about your, your thoughts on yes. the Mueller report. Okay, I celebrated because after two years and two months, if my calculations are correct, of the every single one on the left. Every single one in the so-called Democrat Party was saying collusion, collusion, collusion. And you don't have a single item of collusion, not only on Trump, but anybody who is associated with him and his family. They changed the goalpost now. It's obstruction. Yes. Really? <laughs> but this part of collusion, yes. where was the obstruction? You know, honestly, when I look at America today, I'm not kidding with you. It's not a flattering thing. I prefer Russia. <laughs> I prefer Russia. Well, I you know that there are... A, there. Because they are focused. Focused. Putin is focused to make Russia great. And he did, by the way. He made Russia great because the Soviet Union, after it collapsed, there was nothing left. He put it together. Trump is doing exactly the same thing. Yes, this morning at 2 o'clock in the morning, my time, we had an interview with a talk show, Rory Sauter, and he had a guest who was a, a lawyer, and he said he was a Democrat. I swear to you, he is completely Trump derangement syndrome fully exposed. I asked him a simple question. I said, look, Everybody knows that Putin is a masterful, three-dimensional chess player in politics. Why would he support a man, an American president, who wants to make America so great that it will become a threat to, to Russia? When he had Hillary Clinton in his pocket who sold him 20% of the uranium, his answer to me, he said, how do you know? How do I know? But it's on the record. I mean, it's on the record that they sold it to Russia. It's on the record. Everything is there. And he said said to me, how do you know? So he didn't answer the question. And yet the question is simple. And it destroys everything that they worked for for two years and two months. Simple question. Why would Putin support Trump? Putin is a nationalist for Russia. Why would he support Trump, who is an opponent to Russia, according to the Democrats, or should be an opponent? By the way, what happened in the two years and two months 
it destroyed the good relationship that could have uh, I had no doubt about it by the way between Putin and Trump they would have got on extremely well because Russia is not a threat to America the greatest threat to America besides Islam which is instantly is China and it's the greatest threat not only to America but also to Russia does that make sense to you? yes Yes, it does. We have got IQ Rizzoli with us today. He is uh, fantastic, as always. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the meltdown, I guess, from Rachel Maddow and some of these folks. Uh, you mentioned earlier the whole moving the goalposts thing. Uh, I, I, I just, I'm amazed that they just can't take this as a loss. It's okay. <laughs> Believe me, I love it when they dig further and further and bury themselves deeper and deeper. I love it. It's okay. I'm not blaming them for it. I would love it. they continue digging and burying themselves. But what my question is to Americans who are listening, especially if they are Republican or supporters of Trump, yes, why hasn't anybody in Congress, 453 in the House and 100 in the Senate? Ask a simple question to Ilhan Omar and claim both Muslims. Could you explain to us, ladies, the following verses in the Quran? And I could supply them the verses. Not many. I could supply them four verses of the Quran, which will shatter them completely. Because they say they are part and parcel of the American dream. But the verses of the Quran tells them that you cannot possibly be part and parcel of the American dream. Because you cannot integrate or assimilate with Christians and Jews. Nobody is asking the question. 550 plus people and nobody is asking the question. It's not Islamophobic, bullcrap. There is no such thing as Islamophobia. Islamophobia is an oxymoron. Muslims hate anybody who is not a Muslim. So they hate more people than people hate them. It's simple, but nobody's asking. Could you tell me why not, please? See, this this is the thing. I'm I've been kind of asking that same question, brother. <laughs> I uh, I I don't know why that is. I I don't know if 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 they're all just part and parcel of the same group or or what this no, no, is. Complete amnesia. They are complete amnesia. Nobody is willing to read the Quran. I promise you, not a single person in Congress has ever read the Quran. Not one. Because, as I said on many occasions, if anybody reads only chapters 2 to chapter 9, that's 8 chapters out of 114. Only 8 chapters. If they come to any conclusion opposite to mine, they should be put in a mental asylum. It's simple. It's not complicated, but nobody's doing it. By the way, in Europe, where I am, it's exactly the same. In Europe, if you criticize Islam, you are put in prison. I'm not kidding with you. If you point out verses of the Quran in public, you are put in prison. But you can curse the Jews, you can curse the Christians, you can curse Jesus, you can curse Moses, but you can't touch Muhammad. Now, you want rational answer? I can't give you one. I can't. And if I tell you what I think they should be done, uh, I'll be—I will not be able to come back on your show again. 
Well, something, and and, and you bring you bring up a uh, uh, an interesting uh, piece of business that uh, I, I noticed today. A lot of people in Europe are talking about, and uh, I just have to get your take on this. This Article Thirteen was passed today. Um, talk to me a little bit about this because there's all sorts of people freaking out about this thing. Honestly. You won't believe it, but I have switched off completely on Article 13 and Article 1 and Article 1, 2. I'll tell you what. If you watch the debates in Parliament, once or twice is enough. After that, you have to blow your mind. Literally. <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. They've been doing it for two and a half years and more, and they don't know what they're talking about. So I really... Cannot answer your question. I, I wish I could. Well, no, no, I, no, 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 no. I just, I, I just have noticed that that this was a big deal today on the internet, and I was like, I had not heard about this. I've so, never heard about <laughs> Article Thirteen. All of a sudden, something comes up, but they haven't done anything. They're debating and debating and debating, and nobody is coming to any conclusion. There was an election. We said we want to go out because I'm in Europe. I supported the move to go out. Why? Yes. I don't want immigrants who are illegal. I don't mind immigrants who are legal. By the way, I'm applying for an American citizenship. Oh, really? You can laugh. I'm, I'm not, Holy not looking. Holy smokes. IQ Alvarezola coming to the United States. Holy come smokes. to America legally. Yes. And you will have a very bad time after Oh, there are going to be a lot of people that are going to have a bad time after that. Are you? Are you? Trump, I swear they will have a nightmare. <laughs> well, uh, what 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 we're talking about here is this. Uh, when when I mentioned this Article Thirteen, um, according to RT uh, RT dot com. Uh, the European Parliament has voted to adopt the highly controversial Article 13 provision, which would govern the production and distribution of content online under the auspices of increasing copyright protections. Uh, this will update the EU's 20-year-old copyright rules and will govern audiovisual content. Much to the dismay of many social media users who have already begun outpouring their grief online. Um, basically, they, the MEP passed the legislation by 348 votes votes to 274 opponents had hoped for a last minute amendment to be made but their efforts were done in vain uh essentially this this is a, a link tax and several other things that the the eu members are, are doing um tech giant google said that while they uh while the directive is quote-unquote improved it will still lead to legal uncertainty and will damage Europe's creative and digital economies. Uh, By the way, you're reading it. Do you really understand what they're talking about? I swear I don't understand. What I don't mean. understand it either. <laughs> <laughs> I and I'm case. reading the damn article, brother. <laughs> Look, I rest my case. This is the jargon used by people who are, who are lawyers to confuse not only themselves, but the people who are listening to them. That's why you don't understand it, and I don't understand it, and believe me, the ones who wrote it don't understand it. Well, uh, one thing that, that a lot of folks are understanding, which is uh, just really strange, is this uh, this deal today where they uh, they threw out the charges 
on this uh, Jesse Smollett. Uh, basically, they just said, hey, uh, he's a celebrity, and we're not going to do anything to him. Hey, I told you a few minutes ago, I prefer Putin. <laughs> I'm not kidding yes. you. Where is the law and order? As well, Mr. see, that's, that's my question. Where is the law and order on this whole thing? As you just said, if you attack the president of the United States of America or threaten him, you should go to prison. Yes. And you have a fine quarter of a million dollars. But everybody is doing it, and they're getting away with it. So where is the law and order? At least in Russia, I know if I open my mouth too much against Putin, I'll be ended. But if I don't say anything, I'll be all right. I'm not being simplistic. It's a tragedy, honestly. Watching what's happening in America today is a tragedy. It's a tragic comedy. Literally, a tragic comedy. To see Pelosi and Omar and Ilhan and the other one talk, my God, they don't have any idea what they're talking about. They have no concept of accounts, of economics. They're just, we are for the people, really. And every one of them speaks about the American people. You know what? From my point of view, the American people are being raped, plundered, and murdered by the politicians, especially by the leftist politicians. And they've been doing it for 70 years. Do I make myself clear? Yes. Yes. Yes, you do. It is uh, IQ Al Rizzoli. He joins us today here on our broadcast, and uh, we are uh, definitely uh, getting a, a little bit more education today from IQ. Um, one of the things that I, I find always uh, so fun about you, and at the same time, it's in, in a roundabout way, it's uh, it's it's kind of terrifying. But when I when I have Don Mazzella on our um, on our Thursday program and we do our Talk America Live uh, presentation, there's times that he often will quote you, and he'll always talk about well, my good friend IQ Al Rizzoli, you know, he educates me, but at the same honestly, time, he scares the hell out of me. <laughs> I honestly miss him. I promise you, because I mean, I, he's he's a gentleman. That's yes. the beauty. He's yes. a gentleman. Yes. He doesn't abuse abusive words. He is fair. He lets you talk. By the way, we haven't discussed the most important one: the mass slaughter in uh, New Zealand. Yes, yes. I wanted to. I, I, that was going to be my next topic. I was going to go to because we missed that last week. Give us your take on this, my friend. Talk to us about this. Let me put it in few words: the mass slaughter of innocent Muslims while praying in the mosque is not only grotesque, but also incredibly evil. The 28-year-old Australian perpetrator, Brenton Tarrant, is actually an aberration among, among white supremacists. Since white, truly enormous mass murderers such as the Oklahoma Federal Building destruction, and by Timothy McRae, and also by the guy from Norway, Anders Behring Breivik, who mass slaughtered Norwegians in 2011 to stop immigration. These are rare. There are more mass murders of white people by Muslims than by Muslims against white people. I mean, sorry, the other way around. There are more whites murdered by Muslims than there are Muslims murdered by whites. I call this particular act, I mean his particular act, an aberration because there are so few and far between. 
On the other hand, Muslim slaughtering, non-Muslim kuffar infidel has been going on not only relentlessly for the last 1400 years, but continues unabated as we speak today, without in any way, shape or form, detracting from the monstrous act committed by, by Brenton. My questions regarding the inconsistent, hyperventilating reaction of the media, politicians, clergy and academics are the following. For example, Muslims have been slaughtering other Muslims in their homes and cities all over the Muslim world for 1400 years and particularly in the last seven years. By the way, did you know that a few days before the mass slaughter in New Zealand, 120 Christians were slaughtered in Africa by the Fulani Muslims. They destroyed their homes and they destroyed their churches and nobody in the whole of the West mentioned it. Did you know that? Wow. But it's true. Nobody in the West mentioned it. Why the slaughter of Muslims more important? I mean, sorry. Why is the lives of Muslims are more important than the uh, Christians? I want to know. They have been killing them in, in, in Nigeria every single day, literally for the last two years. And nobody in the media mentions it. And all of a sudden, New Zealand, all of New Zealand, we are with you. We love you. Why do you love them? They don't love you. Why do you love them? I want to know. By the way, according to reports that I read, there were two members of Al Nur Mosque, the one that was attacked, who became terrorists for Al Qaeda in the Yemen, who were only killed recently by a drone. Did you know that also? Really? Well, all you have to do is check. Double check me. But these things are happening. The news media cover it up all the time. Look, what's happening in the West is they are silencing anybody who wants to show that jihad is a relevant part of Islam. So this young man acted only for one reason, and I'll tell you what it is. Because they want to shut us all up. And there's nobody is allowed to speak about Islam. So what he wanted to do is do it. They want to terrorize us? Okay, we terrorize them. But he also kept himself alive. Why did he keep himself alive? He's not a suicider. Because he will go on trial. And during the trial, he will make more of his points of view available. Andre Previk of Norway in 2011 did, ex, uh, 2001, did exactly the same thing in 2011. Exactly the same thing. He made statements during the court. It's going to happen. There will be more of these acts of slaughter in Europe. There will be more because they want to shut us up. They want, they, she wanted to take the guns from the New Zealanders. Why? There are innocent people. They have their own guns, they have legally their own guns. Why do you want to take them away from them? Because of the act of one deranged person from Australia? But that's draconian. This is not anymore deep. We don't have any more rule of law, believe me. In Europe, as I said a few minutes ago, if you make any statement about Muslims, you are put in prison. Where do we go from here? We will have a civil war. I've been saying it. We will have a civil war. There will be bloodbath in Europe. 
and it will not be nice. It will be extremely bloody. Because the ordinary men and women are seeing that they have no guns, they can't protect themselves. The police are not strong enough, and the intelligence service is not strong enough to monitor one million Muslims out of 30 million Muslims to 40 million Muslims in Europe. You can't do it. You don't, they don't have the resources. It's impossible. And every Muslim is a possible jihadi. Every single Muslim is a possible jihadi. Why? Because the Quran tells them to do that. I know I harp on this a lot. But this is my mission. If I don't say it, who is going to tell you? Nobody is going to tell you. I promise you, nobody. I try to wake you up. I mentioned it once in our talk. I'm exactly in the same position that Sir Winston Churchill was just before Hitler came to power. When he came to power, he kept telling Churchill, told them British people and told Europeans that Hitler is intending to start a world war. They said, you are a warmonger. You don't know what you're talking about. But in 1939, September, when the war started, they made Churchill prime minister. Because he knew what he was talking about. I'm in exactly the same position. I've been warning Americans since 2008. This is my 1,460-something radio talk show. I have been with 100, at least 100 radio talk shows. I need you to wake up. And I said it, it's simple. Don't buy the Quran. Google it. Read chapters 2 to chapter 9. If you have any questions, email me. All you have to do is Google Al-Rasuli, A-L-R-A-S-S-O-L-I, and everything is free of charge. I'm not even telling you to go and my, buy my books. They are there if you want them. But well, everything else is free of charge. Well, IQ, that's that's where we'll leave it for this week. I appreciate no you problem. making time for us today, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you, my friend. Talk, please. I will talk to you next week. Thank you. I know. You. you send me a link to this talk. I will. I will. As soon as we get off the air. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. Thank you much. There he goes. IQ Al Rizzoli. And uh, we are going to take a brief timeouts. And we'll be back with more. <laughs> 